content presented on the following podcast is for information purposes only. The views and opinion expressed from host and caregivers are solely given based on the experiences of the individuals involved. Because each person is so unique, always consult your physician, physical or occupational therapist for medical and fitness advice. Are you struggling to help your aging parents or disabled spouse to do everyday personal care tasks? Are you concerned about them falling or you injuring yourself? What is the task that is so difficult for you to help them to do? You are not alone. We can help. Finding a Foothold is a weekly podcast show that invites you to call in and tell us your challenge. Here, you can receive practical tips and strategies from an occupational therapist and from other caregivers like yourself. And here is your host, Consuela Marshall. Hello, I'm Consuela Marshall, occupational therapist. Welcome to Finding a Foothold, a community of caregivers who've had caregiving challenges and have learned many lessons along the way. We know how you do things and having the right equipment and support can make caring for your loved ones easier and safer. Stay tuned. You hear from caregivers that call in and share challenges they face today And you hear tips from experienced caregivers as we work together to bring hope and improve how you give care. Let's get started. Hello, this is Consuela, and thanks for tuning in again this week to Finding a Foothold. And I really count it a privilege, and I'm honored that you do come back each week. And today I want to continue to emphasize the importance of self-care to the caregivers out there. You know, I have the uh, privilege of meeting many caregivers throughout the week. And unfortunately, I see many that are just worn out and just look fatigued and that have just really had a rough time. And my heart goes out to them because they are really giving their all, their best at making sure their parents or their spouse are doing well. And I wanted to say a big thank you to all of them because I do appreciate everything that I see taking place when they're caring for their loved ones. But you know, the unfortunate thing that I do see is that in the process of taking care of them that they often neglect to take care of themselves. Caregivers, I really want to emphasize how important that is that you continue to see yourself as valuable, that you are deserving of the same quality of care that you're providing to someone else. So let this summer be just a launch of something new in your life where you're saying, I'm going to do something for me. You know, and it just shouldn't be a summertime thing. It should be a lifetime thing, but it has to start somewhere. So if you can start this summer, that's where I want you to begin. So I want you to realize that I'm talking to you. Quite often, we'll we'll hear something and we'll say, oh, I hope they do that. That'd be good if they do that. But I want you to say, I will do that. I will start taking care of me. And if you can do that, it'll be the start of you regaining who you are while you're still caring for your loved one. So let's get started on how can we figure out how to start to engage more in self-care activities? Well, let's start by just saying, what are self-care activities? And the answer to that question is different for everyone because self-care is 
What are the things you're going to do to take care of yourself? What are the things that bring you pleasure, that bring you excitement when you think about doing them? Those are self-care items. So you're saying even right now, how do I even have the time to do something like go do something that I like to do, like a movie, when I'm doing all of the work around here? You know, it just starts with planning. And, you know, I know there are a lot of caregivers that don't have help. And I'm really just so grateful we live in a time where when you don't have the ability to leave, that you can bring the entertainment to you, where you block out times in the day where you're like, I'm off duty, you're not dying, you've been fed, everything has been taken care of, anything else that needs to be done is going to have to wait. And that is one way that you can just take control of saying, I will do the self-care. And the other things, and this is what I'm hoping, that someone can always find someone to come in and to relieve them so that they can get away. That is the ideal scenario for everyone, that they have time where they can definitely leave the room, leave the space, leave the house to go meet with friends and hang out. So those that's the thing that I would love to be able to see happen for every caregiver. But, you know, to even get to that point, you've got to want that to happen. So I want you to, first of all, is that you've got to embrace the principle of self-care. And then once you've done that and you're like, okay, I'm okay, she's building me up and I'm feeling this. I'm going to start doing this. So, okay, let's see how we can just start to make those steps forward. And the first thing I want you to do is that you've got to get yourself organized. And I've already started that first part of the organization is organizing in your mind what is a priority. You've got to know that taking care of you is number one. Because if you're not taking care of you, you will not always be able to take care of your loved one. And then you're both in trouble. So organizing your thoughts mean you deciding I'm an important person and that I need to do this for me. So that's number one. Number two, you've got to organize your time. You've got to start making time for you by organizing the things that you do throughout the day. You've got, to, you've got to eliminate going backwards and forward, doing the same thing over and over again. You've got to look for ways to be more efficient. You've got to say, I'm doing laundry on this day. I'm going to do prep meals for the week on this day. I'm going to cut up all of the, the spices or I'm just going to buy spices. I'm done with cutting onions. You know, you've got to just do things that are going to save you time. And you're going to say, you know, you just got to organize and have certain days and certain times of the day that you do things and that's it. You're not going to just allow things to just creep into your day and all of a sudden you've got to now do this and you weren't planning to do that. Now we're not talking about emergencies that come up. I'm just talking about the day in and day out chores that have to be done, that you find a system that this goes here and this goes here on these certain days. So you're organizing your thoughts, you're organizing your time. And the third thing that I want to say is just, you've got to organize your surroundings. You have got to put things where you can find them. You know, there is so, look, I shouldn't even be having this conversation. Now, look, I may hope that this is one podcast my husband does not listen to because I've been getting on him. Did you listen to my podcast? So I look, 
you got to put things where you can find them. I feel so hypocritical because I, I'm, I'm laughing about my keys and my phone. Those are two things. I, I just need them hanging around my neck because I can never find them. Oh, okay. But yeah, organizing your surroundings, making sure the things that you need are close at hand, that you don't always have to start on a task. Oops, I forgot this. You go back to the other room to get it. Then you come back and then you go, you know, you're wasting a lot of day doing things. You know, we have things that have their ideal location. Like it is really customary that you put these things in the bathroom and these things in the kitchen and these things in the, well, you know what? If that is not working for you because you never really go into that bathroom to do things, to help your loved one, to help your mom, to help your parents, well, don't put them in the bathroom. Find a container next to the bed where everything is still be neat and tidy, but it is saving you time from having to go from one room to the other to get things that are located inconveniently in another room. So look at your day. Look at how you're doing things. What are things that you're doing because it's just an old habit? Your mom did things this way, so you grew up doing, you grew up and you're doing things this way and you're still doing them and you're taking care of them now, but it is not efficient. Organize your thoughts. You are worth it. You deserve self-care. Two, organize your time. Make things efficient. Don't waste time. Plan how you are going to do things. And the last thing, organize your surroundings. Find the stuff that you need and keep it handy. Organize how you do things. Keep everything within reach. It saves a lot of time. Okay, seems simple enough. So if you can do these things, guess what? You've probably carved out some time in the day for you to add in some things that you want to do. So this is the part I want to really jump into is I am not about you doing all of these things better, easier, safer, so that you can pile on more things on top of what you're already doing. That is not the point. My goal and my desire is to see that you be so efficient with your time and how you're doing things that you're looking at, oh, I I don't have anything else to do. Oh, I finished. So now I can go do this for myself. And that's what I want to get you to a place where you have time for some self-care, to take care of yourself. You see how that works? If you get better and more organized at taking care of them, it frees up you to take care of you. So that's what I want to emphasize today. And that's what I want to just really just impress upon you today that you are worth taking care of you. Get out, go get your hair done, get your nails done, hang out with friends, just get out and take a walk. You know, if someone comes over and they say, well, I can stay an hour, say good, just grab your stuff and you go out and take a walk for an hour. If someone wants to come over and hang out, let them hang out. You don't have to sit there, go outside and say, look, I'm sitting outside. Just do something to just clear your head. So that's what I want to encourage you to do today. And look, no, again, I appreciate every caregiver out there that is 
is sacrificing their time because they're choosing to and they want to. But I want you to also know that you must also take care of yourself. So stay tuned and we are now headed into the call-in segment of the podcast. And thank you for tuning in. first call is from a Brian from Louisiana. Hi, it's Brian. I was wondering if you could give advice on someone with some back and femur rods put in and getting into the bathtub. I'm having a little difficulty and was wondering if you had any good advice for that. Hello, Brian. Thank you for calling in. I am so glad you did. And look, you've been through some stuff, back surgery, leg surgery. So look, I want to say, first of all, I'm just glad you're here, that you have survived and that you're here with this question today. And your problem is... You want to get in that tub. Well, Brian, I, I don't have enough information to know about your injuries and what you're facing and how long it's been. But right off the bat, getting down in a tub does not seem like that's a wise thing to do with the surgeries that you've had. You know, the, the best option would be a just roll-in shower, a walk-in shower, where you just walk straight into it and sit on the chair and you're taking your shower. But I'm guessing that's not what you have because that would be a no-brainer and you wouldn't have to call in. So without having a shower that you can get in, you know, if you had a shower you can get in and it has a threshold, that still would be a little tricky, but it can be done with the right equipment. So the showering option is the safer of the options, but we're going to also talk about the tub. The tub is difficult. We we will say that getting into the bottom of a tub is definitely a no, unless you have some type of special motorized, something that you can get in and it lower you down into the tub. Uh, Those things do exist, but you appear to have something temporary going on. It's not something that's going to last your lifetime that you will hopefully and prayerfully get through this leg injury and the back injury. So what we want to look at something that you can use while you're in the recovery process. Brian, what I want to do right now is to share with you the option of the consult service that's highlighted on the website. With the 15-minute free consult, you would be able to tell me in more detail what is going on with you, what happened, how long ago it was, and give me more specifics about what is going on. And in that time, I would be able to start to formulate some things that I think may work for you. So I want to encourage you to do that. And when you leave that consult, you would have homework that you can do that you can jot down and give me great details about what I need to know in order for us to meet again and discuss the the best options for you. And during that consult, I will get a chance to get pictures of your bathroom or even some videos of what is going on. Take a look at the surroundings and be able to give you my best recommendation for you. So Brian, right now, I just want to encourage you to be patient. You know, I don't have any of the answers that you need today, but the best thing I can tell you is just to be patient. You know, you're going through this process and you don't need another injury. The last thing that you need is another injury on top of whatever has already happened to you. So look, just be content right now in that sponge bath. I mean, you can do a good job. I mean, a hot 
basin, a hot sink of water and soap, and you can get the job done. And you know, before you know it, the weeks that are left in your recovery will be over before you know it. So look, I want to just encourage you to uh, stay safe. And again, I hope to hear from you soon. And look, take care. Brian, thanks for calling and have a good day. Okay, my next call is from a Josie. Josie called in. She's from Louisiana. And she's calling in because she listened to the podcast episode number eight. And she heard the call that came in from Keisha. Keisha's call was concerning her sister who she takes care of. Her sister had a stroke and she noticed that her sister has bruises on her heel. And Keisha wanted to know if she should be concerned about it. Well, as mentioned in that podcast, I indicated to Keisha that those were pressure sores on her sister's heels and that they can become big problems. And that the way of trying to help to eliminate that would be to float her heels off of the bed by putting pillows under her calves down to her ankle and allowing her heels to float off the bed. And that was my recommendation on top of her getting her sister to the doctor or taking pictures, making the doctor aware of what's going on. Josie says, and I'll just read what Josie says, that I am so grateful that I heard the call because I want to call in and encourage the girl from Louisiana to please make sure she get her sister's heels checked out. I am currently caring for my husband and I unfortunately did not know the information about the heel sores and my husband has developed a huge sore on his left heel and I am having to take him to a clinic twice a week. The doctors are very hopeful that he will not lose his foot but uh, I am now understanding that this could have been prevented. But the thing is that is I just did not know about this. So I am so grateful that this podcast is here and that Keisha called in and I'm hoping her sister does well with that. Miss Josie, I am so glad that you called in to the podcast to share those words of encouragement with Keisha. And look, I am sorry that you and your husband are going through that process and I'm wishing him well and I'm glad that the report is that they're hopeful that his feet are going to heal. But look, I, I want to just encourage you also that, you know, there there's just things when, when we don't know things, we just don't know them. So without, with you not knowing that that was a, an issue with the heels, I wouldn't encourage you not to feel like this is your fault. But you know, just learn it as lessons learned and just moving forward just to find out as much as you can about how to properly care for your husband and always knowing the best you can do is just the best you can do. So keep up the good work. So thanks again there. And we have a third call, and it is from Lisa. Lisa is from Texas, and she has a question. She says, I'm calling about my parents. They they still are able to live by themselves, and I am considering purchasing a walk-in tub for them just in anticipation of what their needs are going to be as they continue to get older. And I wanted to know if you thought that was a good idea. Okay, Lisa from Texas, thanks for calling. And Lisa, personally, I don't care for the walk-in tubs if you are disabled. Now, if you are able-bodied and you just want to walk in, get into one of those tubs, sit on the seat and relax, I mean, they are perfect. And if you take a notice of the people on the commercials, they are all walking. They are all standing upright. They are all 
doing pretty good and looking pretty good. And those are the people that can benefit from those walk-in tubs. But as a therapist, I have been in many homes where I see a person that has some balance problems, some weakness, or they're, and they are even in a wheelchair and their loved ones have purchased these big expensive walk-in tubs and they're not able to use them because it takes quite a bit of balance and being able to negotiate stepping into the tub. Once you're standing in it, then you have to back up, takes a couple of steps back to sit on the seat. And I'm just not a fan of it for people with mobility issues. I do applaud the fact that you are very proactive in wanting to have your parents continue to be at home to age in place. But I would consider another option, just a regular shower stall. If you have the means of installing one of those walk-in tubs, then you can likely even do a lot better by probably a less expense of getting that same area converted into a walk-in shower. They are great. You can put in the different types of shower heads that pulse, that jet. I mean, you can get them at all levels. You can have the one that comes down at the you know, the customary location where it comes down on you. But then you can have the different jets that come out from the sides. They can can be aimed toward your midsection, toward your back. I mean, you know, you can walk out of that shower thinking you've been in a tub. So I would definitely be looking at just getting a roll-in shower. It would just fit their needs a lot better. And it would definitely see them through different stages of aging. Whereas they could probably benefit and use the walk-in tub now, but one unfortunate illness or injury, then they may not be able to use it for long. So yeah, that's my thought on them. And I know a lot of people may think differently, but just as a therapist and just speaking from the experience of what I've seen, that I don't think they're always the best choice. Hey, Lisa, thanks for calling and thanks for being on top of things and looking out for parents. Have a good day. Okay, our last call. Our last call is from Billy. Billy didn't say where he was living, but he wanted to just call in and make a statement about his parents and he wanted some advice. Billy states, I go to see my parents every week, but I have noticed over the last few months that their house is not as tidy as it used to be. I'm afraid that My mom or dad are going to trip because they are now leaving things on the floor. I'm finding piles of clothes at the edge of the bed and in in the bathroom on the floor. And things are just not as tidy as they used to be. And I am just getting a little concerned. I've offered to help pick up things around the house for them, but they say, no, they don't need the help. Uh, So I'm wondering, what should I do? Okay, Billy. Thanks for visiting your parents every week. I'm sure they enjoy that. And thanks for checking in on them. Well, Billy, I don't know uh, if this could be a serious medical issue or if this is just, they are just tired. And I mean, I don't know what it is. I mean, they're just like, "Uh." but I do see it's a safety issue. Having clutter on the floor and things that you don't want, you want to prevent falls. Falls can change lives. A fall can be a broken hip. It could be a head injury. It could just be anything. So, Falls are preventable, especially tripping falls. Anything that you can that's causing you to trip can be eliminated. So first of all, please speak to them about the hazards of 
tripping and falling. And the things that I can see could be number one, you know, this is what I hope is not the case, that there are some memory issues going on that they're forgetting to pick up, that they're not seeing everything that's everywhere. I don't know. I mean, it could be that. I mean, it could be the early signs of something going on, but it doesn't have to be. But I wouldn't say that's not the case. So keep your radar up and just you know, in conversations with them, just look to see if there's any memory issues. Are they repeating the same thing that they've already told you a hundred times? Are they forgetting where they put things? That sort of goes along with that, that forgetting to clean up after yourself, forgetting to know that this could trip me down. So yeah, that's where I would look. I mean, I would think, and hopefully that's not the case. And then I would look at, is, that, is it that they're just tired? That it's taking all the energy that they have to just do them, you know, to get dressed. And if this is so different, a big drastic change, you know, you may want to take them to the doctor and just, just get checkups. You know, just explain to the doctor, number one, the first thing I just mentioned, you know, you're wondering if there's some memory issues going on. And number two, that... They just don't seem like they have the energy that they once had. And maybe there is something else going on. Then number three, uh, just continue to offer to help. You know, and even if they're saying no, but it's things that you know are tripping hazard, I would just say, you know, while you're doing them, hi, mom, I'm, I'm picking this up for you and I'm putting this or I'm doing this, you know, just sort of doing it while you're telling them. That way you don't appear to be over there taking over. But, you know, you're just, you know, as the son, just trying to pick up and clean up without pointing out the fact that, oh, it is so messy over here. But you're just sort of doing it discreetly and just saying, hey, mom, you had a pile of clothes right there and I just moved them and I put them in the laundry. Just sort of helping out with that. And also just offering if there is some kind of way you all can hire someone that can come over and do some of those tasks for them, some of the house cleaning tasks for them. And, uh, you know, and initially they may just say no, because I know for me, I would probably get clean my house before the housekeeper got there. That's just how I am. But unfortunately, I don't even have to think about that because I am the house cleaner, uh, that housekeeper. But if they're just having some hesitancy about that, maybe doing it as a gift. Hey mom, this is y'all's birthday or y'all's anniversary and this is the housekeeper and I'll even be here while she's doing it and making sure everything's okay. And it may just jumpstart that that switch over in their mind to, hmm, my house is clean and I can get used to this. So maybe that's an option as well. So look, I appreciate the call and I appreciate you just caring enough to reach out. And thank you for finding the podcast. I'm glad we reached to you and that you reached back out to us. And I hope to hear again from you soon. And call back. I want to see how this works out for you and your parents. Okay. Thank you and, and have a good day. Okay, well, look, this concludes this episode of Finding a Foothold. And please know that we're here for you. So if you have those questions, keep calling into the website or just, I mean, even if you call just like one of the callers did today, they called it in, but they asked that I not play their voice. I'll do that also. So I just want to get your calls in and I just want you to know that, hey, Finding a Foothold cares about how you give care. And I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Finding a Foothold. Now, 
If you have a caregiving question, you can call in by visiting the findingafoothold.com website. You can use the call in button located on the website, or you can send a message by sending an email using the comment page. And if you also have a word of encouragement for a caregiver who's called in, please use the same button because your encouraging word may be just the word they need to hear today. And you can find this podcast on our website and on all the major podcast streaming sites. We ask that you please subscribe to our podcast and that you also share our podcast with others. And remember, finding a foothold cares about how you give care. Join us again next time.